0: I'm David Heitler-Clevins. And I'm Rodney Wittenberg. And this is Music for For the the new New
1: Revolution.
2: vote indeed
0: are you registered baby
2: (laughs) yes well unfortunately if you're not registered at least in pennsylvania now it's too late so we hope that you did get registered and even that you already voted have you voted yet
3: rodney
0: i am working the polls as Ah. i have for the past four years and or four or five years and i am very excited to say that i will be voting in person at the uh uh, probably I'll be one of the last people to vote on that day in my district because uh, my friend who invited me to become part of the the polling team, we, we said we're going to be the last two votes of the day. Mm.
2: Well, I was very torn, but I did end up deciding to vote by mail mm-hmm. and I dropped my vote off in the Dropbox yesterday and uh, it feels good. So this mm-hmm. is a big election, you know, maybe... Maybe the most important election of our lifetimes. I don't know. People have said that a number of times. But I really I, – I know that uh, sometimes we try to be – well, I don't know if we try to be even-handed. I don't think we really try to be even-handed. Uh, but but sometimes we try to be a little bit more uh, that, than I feel like we need to be right now. I, I think we're at a crossroads in this country where you know we're either going to become a fascist dictatorship basically – or, or not, you know, like, and that's, that's what the stakes are, in my opinion. I don't know if you agree with me, Rodney. But... I do <laughs>
0: sort of agree with you, but I also, as a student of history, every election in a democracy is the most important election, and we've been having the same fight in this country for 250, so we've been having this fight. I mean, democracy is messy, and from the first election, you know, the... You know when when the loser from the opposing party was the vice president, they were arguing and fighting and and you know um, I mean I know it's a it's it's a um, dramatization, but if you watch Hamilton, once the country's founded. Still, people were arguing and fighting over how we should do this. Or should we pay France back? Should we not pay France back? Can he be king forever? And don't get me started on the Whiskey Rebellion. I mean, that's just like a whole thing where like people were kidnapped and held hostage because they didn't want to pay the tax on the whiskey. And, of course, the fight between whether the states were... And we should be taxed or not. And, and you know, it, it goes on. It, it's the same kinds of fights we've been having forever. So Well,
2: I think that's a good sense of perspective to have, you know, because, you know, it can feel like now is so horrible and, you know, people forget. And when people say, uh, oh, this is the worst it's ever been and the most divisive, <laughs> and they forget, we did actually have a literal <laughs> civil war in this country. But still in spite of what you just said being totally true, I do think that there is a difference right now. And part of it is, and I'm not saying this has never happened before, mm-hmm. but to have a president openly say that he is not necessarily going to respect the results of the election unless he wins, that he won't guarantee a peaceful transfer of power, that's not the way I've heard anybody in my lifetime talk. Not- no matter how horrible or divisive you know any other president has been and i've been really down on you know reagan and w and they were horrible presidents but they didn't do this you know that this this is a new level of crisis i think in terms of whether we will actually survive as a democracy
0: yes but i think this again i'll go i'm not disagreeing with you i think that we are at a in a horrible place and though we've been in horrible places again i keep wanting to say we but i mean i have been saying forever that the it it, it it always seems like things are analogous if you go back to 100 years ago we were in the same exact position with a president who was f- full of corruption and constant um uh scandals and there was payoffs and they're talking about the teapot dome scandal era and the early 1920s republicans had the House and the Senate and the White House, and it was just a huge, huge mess, which did lead to, ultimately, lead to the um, the Great Depression because they they deregulated everything. I mean, I'm also peaking, mm-hmm. speaking. I'm speaking my values in politics right now, uh, uh, saying that the things that the other side did led us to all these things, but they did. It's history; you can right. look it up. This is exactly what happened, and it always seems like. Um, it's interesting whatever side seems to claim to be the most righteous and the most good is always seems to be the one who is doing the most devious and sneaky stuff. I mean, n- no one claimed to be as good a person as Nixon claimed to be and look what he was up to. And, right. and, um, it go yeah. So, um, I well, think-
2: and definitely, I think, you know, when you look at the pattern of the current, Resident of the White the White House, you know he who shall not be named. Uh, mm-hmm. You know he he is constantly revealing himself through projection. Everything mm-hmm. that he calls other people is more true of him. Yes, yeah. you know, and so that follows that pattern that you were just yeah. pointing out. You know, I had a professor in college actually who used to say, and, and he was a real lefty, but he would say, you know, you can always tell the least democratic of the communist bloc countries by the ones that have the longest string of the, the democratic people's Republic of, you know, it just had all of the things that sound good and, and the total opposite of what that particular regime (laughs) was, you know? So it's sort of like thou protest too much. Yeah. The democratic Republic (laughs)
0: of Congo. You're like, uh, no, (laughs) uh, but I, I think, you know, Ever since I was a kid, I couldn't wait, this is gonna sound crazy, but I couldn't wait to vote. And But I also think that um, I was uh, immensely fascinated, immensely, fa- I was very fascinated, I was fascinated by how government works. I remember probably my first civics class just, just mesmerized at the things that we could do as a culture and as a people if we all banded together. But also getting that government moves slowly and it's meant to. That was part of the invention of uh, those guys when they put down those words on paper. They said, well, because they didn't want it to be a fad. They, they didn't, I don't think they used the word fad, but they didn't want it to be, um, this is the most popular thing right now. So let's go do this. They said, okay, well, that seems like an interesting idea. Let's see. <laughs> We're going to set up the government so that it moves very, very slowly toward that thing. And, um, if it is something that's good and real, it will change. But um, yeah, or, or something that the majority of the people want. The challenge of the majority of people want is if the majority of people are not educated or are not um, enlightened in some way, that also presents a bit of a problem. And a lot of people will take offense to that because they're like, "Well, whose enlightenment are you talking about?" But you know, when they the thing I think people forget is that the the founding fathers were. Uh, well, a they were all fathers, so that's a problem right there. But <laughs> B, um, they were hu- they were hugely influenced by the um, the, uh, the by the Age of Reason and and the Age of Enlightenment. I think they th- really thought that by this time we would be one of the most highly educated and erudite and uh, thoughtful, reflective, emotionally mature. <laughs> grouping of people that would be able to handle a democracy because you know democracies go away when people cannot be responsible for them and um and it is up to us to not only vote but be involved in what is going on in our day-to-day lives vis-a-vis the government
2: well i totally agree and i actually think that we are at a new level of engagement. I know yes. so many people yes. who it's the one way that T <laughs> Rump has actually made America great is that there are so many people in response to his awfulness mm-hmm. that have gotten, you know, involved in not just voting, but, you know, organizing and, uh, you know, getting other people to vote and all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's really been astronomical, I think, and really what makes me worried the most is that the idea you were just talking about in terms of, like, um, you know, people being responsible and voting, I don't see that as the problem as much right now. I see the problem being that there's all these machinations to keep people from voting. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. I don't think there's any question. In fact, Trump's really even admitted it openly yeah. that if we just had a fair election, he would lose. Right. I mean, he's, he's said that. And so – He's making sure that in all sorts of ways, from the Postal Service, you know, crapola to the, you know, uh, voter suppression and all kinds of things. And unfortunately, it's, you know, Roberts on the Supreme Court goes back and forth. He sometimes does the right thing and sometimes. But he's been particularly bad on voting rights stuff and uh, siding with the conservatives on those things that really restrict people's access or right to the, uh, you know, the the voting
0: booth. Yeah, I wish there was a way uh, we could have, as a culture, just an honest moment about uh, politics, money, power, race, sex, meaning sexual identity, all come into play and who's selling who what. It it drives me a little crazy because, you know, I hope we do vote out Trump, but Trump isn't the problem. I mean, 30% of the population to 50% of the population agree with him. And so basically he saw an opportunity where he could get over by aligning with that way of thinking and that way of thinking has been around forever. It's not new to um, operate out of the idea that, um, I mean, they'll say it's about freedom and individuality, but it's really about a particular mindset of whose freedom and whose individuality we will support and who we won't. Uh, You you know, the debates were last night. It was really interesting to see how um, when Trump spoke, he was caring about a certain group of people where Biden was caring about a different group of people. It was amazing. Like just in the thing with the health care, Biden raises, a hundred, you know, 20 million people will lose their health care. Trump goes back, 180 million people will lose their health care. Well, He's, talking, he's just lying. Though. Well, he's <laughs> he's lying, but he's trying to speak to middle class and upper class people, and Biden's talking about poor people. And, yeah. and but also, everything
2: that trump said to me was you know almost entirely false it's not just a matter of opinion it's just he's deliberately misleading people and i wouldn't say he's caring about anybody i don't think he cares about anybody <laughs> but himself but you know he's pretending to yeah you could say that yeah, I mean, he's yeah. trying to appeal to he's appealing to the yeah,
0: yeah so it, yes by saying uh, at, what did, what did biden say uh A dog whistle the size of a siren. It's not a dog whistle if you're just saying the thing. Right. It's
2: not really a dog whistle. Yeah. Well, you know, and I think the thing that you were saying a moment ago Mm -hmm. about that it's not really Trump, you know, that Mm -hmm. there are a lot of people who actually believe these things. Obviously, that's true. If Mm -hmm. it was only Trump, then we wouldn't have Trump. Right. um, But there's also a a lot of manipulation and it isn't the majority rule, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Trump lost by over 3 million votes, you know, that's mm-hmm. thanks to the Electoral College that we have him, you know, so it's not what most people want. And I think the way that, even though I totally agree with you that, that we can't just sort of blame it all on him, that, 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 you know, he's there for a reason, but there is also a particular way that he has led, if you can call it that, that has has encouraged the very worst of our country, you yeah. know, it's, it's brought the inherent racism of our country to the fore in a way that I haven't seen it, you know, for a long time. It's always there. There's no doubt. But, you know, it's like, you know, a friend of mine has a has a hat that says make racism wrong again. (laughs) You know, and I know that part of that is a little bit of a misunderstanding. But there is a sense Mm -hmm. that he has enabled that element of our country that's that's ever present to be so much more legitimized and out there in the public. And you could argue having it out there in the public is actually a good thing. Some people do because then we can fight it. But I think there's also the danger of making it like pushing the whole spectrum so that we're saying this is legitimate, this is okay. You know, we have...
0: Well, I think if we don't do that, then we end up in a worse place. And what I mean by that is, you know... As a person of color, nothing that I'm hearing him say or uh, come or or people say who support him, if we're specifically talking about race, is new or surprising or I haven't heard since I was in high school. I mean, or or junior high school. I mean, it's there, it's always there. I always uh, sometimes think that there's two. Or three levels of culture. There's the culture we see on TV. There's the culture in polite society, and then there's what happens when you're working in a factory. Because I spent my w- my one real job I had, I worked in a factory. I worked at SEPTA, which, uh, working on the um, the the subway, and the racism and classism was palpable. It was everywhere and everything that everybody did, and and. Um, and, uh, you know, me as this little 17-year-old kid with a big Jimi Hendrix afro walking in the place with bright eyed and going, hey, everybody, let's all get a It was not that. It was yeah. – no, it was cruel. Well, I, I, was, I was, do
2: understand that. But I also think and, when you look at, like, statistics of hate group activity, for instance, and how they have spiked, you know, during this time, there is a way that, again, I think what Trump has done is given – those elements permission to be out in the public discourse in a way that was not always true. They weren't so it's always there. There's always been these hate groups and if you follow like the Southern Poverty Law Centers, you know, reports and stuff like that, it's it's scary stuff. There's just tons of them. But there's way, way more activity and particularly like, you know, assaults on people based on skin color or sexual identity or those things. And, and that is – I think we can blame that on, on Trump's, you know, uh, encouraging I, I, those elements. Okay. I, I hear you. You know, one of the things I think that is amazing about this time, and it's mm-hmm. kind of like that Bertolt Brecht quote that I love that's about how, you know, when – uh, will there be singing in the dark times? Yes, they'll be singing about the dark times. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, in these moments, whether it's the Great Depression or during a, the Vietnam War or, you know, uh, Reconstruction or you know whatever, whatever horrible stuff is going on, artists are going to make great art about that stuff. And there is just so much songwriting going on right mm-hmm. now about these current events. Um, we we have, you know, two shows lined up here. You know, this one's going to be focused on the, the election. And uh, it, it's starting to get out of hand. I, I feel like we we need to do more episodes because we're going to have so much great music. Um, so we're going to hear a few things, and we're going to hear some people introduce their own songs. But uh, first, we're going to hear a brand-new song, one of our great new interns from Oberlin College, Val, and our other great intern, Julian. They've been helping us out a lot. But Val found this song uh, by Demi Lovato uh, called Commander-in-Chief.
0: And uh, the, And after that, you'll hear Emma's Revolution, with gonna vote your ass out. Or your ass <laughs> and out. And then
2: Sandy Pliskin with a a demo of those mid-November
0: blues. And then Ants on a Log. Yay, shout out to Ants on a Log. The man in charge is useless. And, and full disclosure, I produced this track. <laughs>
4: Taught when you were young. If you mess with things selfishly, the bounder coming down. I'm not the only one that's been affected and resented every story you've spun. And I'm a lucky one. Cause there are people worse off that have suffered enough. Haven't they suffered enough? But you can't get enough of. Shutting down systems for personal gain, fighting fires with liars and praying for rain. Do you get off on pain? We're not pawns in your game. Commander-in-chief, honestly, if I did the things you do, I couldn't sleep. Seriously, do you even know the truth? We're in a state of crisis, people are dying While you line your pockets deep, Commander-in-Chief How does it feel to still be able to breathe We were taught when we were young if we fight for what's right, there won't be justice for just some. Won't give up, stand our ground. We'll be in the streets while you're bunkering down. Loud and proud, best believe. We'll still take a knee while you're commander-in-chief. Honestly, if I did not the- Commander in chief, how does it feel to still be able to breathe, be able to breathe, won't give up, stand your ground, we'll be on the streets while you're bunkering down, won't give up, Oh, yeah.
3: Hey, we're Emma's Revolution. I'm Pat Humphreys. And I'm Sandy O.
5: We're delighted to be here with you all on Music for the New Revolution. Who would have imagined that doing things like keeping a social distance, wearing a mask, filling out a ballot, and taking it, dropping it off at the Board of Elections, would be a revolutionary act?
3: We wrote this song to help keep you energized to get out the vote and also give you something to dance to on your way to the ballot box. We know the difference Between a president and a king The corruption, the obstruction You try to get away with everything We know the difference between the truth and the lies We're calling you out now Then tanks and streets, bunker visits, tantrum tweets, all your cronies cross the land, trying to stop as best they can, flashbang to gas, pepper spray, we'll take you down election day. of this land.
6: This is Sandy Pliskin from Rhode Island. I hope everyone hearing this knows that voting is a necessary step towards bending the arc of history towards justice. Of course, after the election, there's a whole lot more organizing and agitating that we'll need to do to keep bending that arc, no matter who is elected. So let's stay together and stay strong. They'll ask you for your money. They'll ask you for your time. They'll ask you to spread their every word to all your friends online. They'll call you on your cell phone. They'll come a knocking at your door. They will not let you rest. They'll keep. every four years or so, so don't be caught off guard. They'll give you a sticker for your car with a sign up in your yard. They'll promise to make things better if you hear what they espouse. They want your help to get a job and live in a nice white house. One says they'll keep this country great if we leave them in control. The other one vows to build back better and save our nation some of us voted for Clinton last time, and some of us voted for Trump, and some of us voted third party, and some said votes for Trump's. Now me, I fill out my ballot, I always cast my vote, and I hope everybody does the same from Biloxi to Terre Haute, when the votes have all been counted, and we finally know who charge will say it's over, but our struggle's just begun. We're gonna pull back the curtain, find the people who pull the strings. It's time to hold them accountable and bring them to reckoning. Whether we reach them on Twitter by hounding them with tweets, or whether we have to march and rally and take it to the streets, out all the banksters they thought we would forget now let's have a jubilee to settle all our debts if they say there ain't no money so there's nothing they can do how about a robin hood tax on financial transactions to raise some revenue we need a minimum wage of 15 bucks so we can pay our bills Whether we're waiting on tables, working at farms or textile mills We'll insist that Black Lives Matter We'll say stop the endless wars Give us Medicare for all From San Diego to Baltimore Coronavirus rages on and thousands of people Instead of acting to save our lives, some idiots call it a hoax. We got forest fires and hurricanes, a biblical power in size. It's way past time for a green new deal before this country fries. An instant runoff voting, so we really have a voice. No more Tweedledee and Tweedledum, it's time for. Real choice. They'll ask you for your money. They'll ask you for your time. They'll ask you to spread their every word to all your friends online. They'll call you on your cell phone. They'll come a knocking at your door. So let's not let them rest. Let's keep a coming back for more.
5: Hey, it's Julie
4: from Ants Log. The Man in Charge is Useless is a song from our musical Curious Think Outside the Pipeline. Cleo and Taylor are two siblings who organize their community to fight for clean air. They've done all the research and collected all the data, and they bring it to their local politician to get him to help. The oil refinery is causing people to be sick. It looks like he's listening, but turns out he's more interested in other things. The man in charge
1: is useless. Hello? Children! Hold on, Clarissa.
4: Senator, we wanted to talk with you about the letter we sent. Did you get it?
1: Yes, tacos are probably fine.
4: Tacos? And also, I would like to talk to you about a riddle. Three frogs. Taylor, did you get our letter?
7: Letter? Um...
4: Well, see, we know the oil refineries are causing pollution.
1: Right. Well, last time we had pizza and remember what happened. What?
8: The senator was distracted by figuring out what he was going to order for his lunch meeting.
4: Cleo, this isn't working!
8: Was it also possible the senator was just trying to look busy?
4: Taylor, go get the guitar. Got it! People are talking all around me. I know something isn't right. So I called my representative about it to see if he could shed some light. Oh
1: yes, we will get right on Just write your compliment in an email.
4: Compliment? We wrote you a letter.
1: Wrote and wrote so
4: thoughtfully. Our research, it was ruthless. Here, look at all this data we found.
1: Oh, a a, a folder of papers, great.
4: All the evidence is right here.
1: Wonderful, I'll be sure to take a look at this.
4: Wait, that's not trash. Wait, but but then we found at the end of the day. That the man in charge was useless.
9: Hey hey, 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 hey! All my crying, all my complaining. Please take me seriously.
1: Oh, wait a minute! I see what you're saying. Hold on, hold uh, on. Yeah, yeah. Clarissa, you're talking about that food truck guy. Yeah, I love his salsa.
4: What? No! People are talking. It's my community. We know something isn't right. So I called my representative about it to see if he could join the fight. Wrote and wrote so thoughtfully, you'd be impressed by our astuteness. Then we found, at the end of the day, our efforts proved
1: fruitless. Fruit is good too. Hey, 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 I hadn't even thought of fruit.
9: Hey, 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 hey! All my crying, all my green salsa,
1: yes, good. Please good.
9: take me seriously.
1: Onions, yes, onions. Hey, hey, lots hey, of cheese. On the side. Hey, 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 hey,
4: all my crying, all my complaining, please take me seriously.
1: Yes, Clarissa, I've decided on nachos. Hey kids, let's take a quick picture for the governor's face gram. Thanks, kids.
7: Uh,
4: Bye?
1: By this
8: time, Cleo and Taylor were feeling pretty dejected. The large door from the senator's office closed so conclusively behind them, their letter hadn't worked, their personal visit to the senator hadn't worked. People were ignoring their research. The men in charge were useless. Taylor had an idea. You can probably guess what it was.
0: And up next, we have Roy Zimmerman with The Liar Tweets Tonight.
2: And that's one of his great parodies. I'm sure you might have all already figured out what that's a parody of. And then uh, Jonathan Mann with I'll effing vote for Joe Biden.
0: And then Bruce and Linda, uh, who are good friends of uh, the show, uh, He'll Go Away.
2: And that's actually a parody by uh, another friend, Deb Carl. And then uh, Ami Yaris with Waiting on November.
8: Lots of PPE, the cupboards bare, it's Obama's fault, you see, the bug stops there. In the country, the quiet country, no nurses sleep tonight,
7: but in the White House, the
8: full of shite house, the liar tweets tonight.
10: I'll fucking vote for Joe Biden Even though I really don't want to I'm sick of having to vote For motherfuckers I really don't like Our system of voting sucks It needs a total overhaul. But we're going in the wrong direction. Next year we might not be able to vote at all. So that's why I'm voting Joe Biden. Even though I don't think he can win. Yes. Even though he's been accused of rape Because the alternative is fascism 2000, I voted for Nader 2004, I voted Kerry. 2008, I voted Obama The only time I ever voted With gusto This time I will vote Joe Biden Though I am likely to gag And projectile vomit All over the American flag So oh please won't you join me In doing your one civic duty Vote for the worst candidate We've put forward since 2016 Vote for Joe Biden Motherfucking Joe Biden
11: This is Debbie Carl. Before 2016, it never occurred to me to try writing lyrics, but, like a lot of people, I discovered that writing new words to existing songs was a therapeutic way to vent some of the sadness and frustration that I was feeling. My songs aren't really parodies, since they're mostly not meant to be funny, but I noticed that I was giving them happy endings, which helped give me hope that things could get better in real life, too. As the election approached, a new refrain to this old gospel song popped into my head and I modified the original verses to fit the theme. Many thanks to my friends, Bruce and Linda Pollock Johnson for recording it. I hope that you will sing along or better yet, that you will sing it under your breath as you head to the Dropbox or stand in line at the polls. Maybe it will help us all believe that this story really can have at least a happier ending and a new beginning.
12: about writing this parody of dear theodosia is how much i was able to retain from the original if we lay a strong enough foundation that's like word for word and um, i think that was part of the fun challenge of it was finding which words to change and which words to keep Uh, because there's so much going on right now in this country that's similar to founding a nation there's chaos there's hope There's dreaming, there's visioning, um, there's internal conflict. And so it makes sense to take a text that's about that and just reconfigure it for today's situation. And my hope is that this song inspires people to vote and to hold on to the hope and vision that we can transform this country into a place that works for all of us and we can aspire to it and then by going out and voting and then holding the vision of what that vote can mean for the future that we can collectively make it happen
9: Dear Joe and Kamala What to say to you You have my vote You have my mother's too With all this hatred in the world I cry It breaks my heart I'm dedicated to paving the way for you. A hateful life was never quite my style and for my child. This country's been so torn apart. It was broken from the start. You'll inherit a divided nation. Small towns and city streets restore democracy if we lay a strong enough foundation we'll pass a green new deal and finally start to heal and we'll know that we're okay cause we're here to stay so don't you throw that vote away we're here to stay make your plan to vote today we're to stay. Take your friends along the way. We're here to stay. Make your
12: plan to vote today. So how are you going to vote? By mail, in person. If you're voting by mail and you haven't asked for your ballot, you got to do that ASAP and get your ballot in really soon because you know they're trying to mess up the Postal Service. But if you're voting in person, I did see an article recently in The Atlantic that said that voting in person is just as safe as going grocery shopping in person. So however you're planning to do it, you're going to go vote, make your plan, and see if you can get three people in your life to make a plan and commit to do it with you. we got to get this thing going.
13: This is Ami Yaris. I'm a singer-songwriter based here in Philadelphia. I also have the privilege of working with Bridge International, an arts and education nonprofit that uses the therapeutic qualities of art making to help people overcome trauma and hardship. And uh, this song for me is also uh, a way of overcoming trauma and hardship. I hope other people feel the same way. Uh, There's a lot of pain taking place in the world these days and a lot of forces of good trying to to change and, and heal from this pain and to move forward. And I think and I hope that November is a landmark in, uh, in the history of the U.S. where we can really focus our efforts on, on the change that needs to occur. So I hope you're getting out there. I hope you're voting. And as much as I'm waiting for November, I hope you're all active right now. I hope you're helping fund organizations to support BIPOC populations. I hope you're helping Planned Parenthood. I hope you're thinking about people who... Uh, don't have the same privileges that you or I might have and to maybe make sure that people have more opportunity to be and do uh, in the image that they would like to be and not held back by uh, systemic racism and other things. So I hope and pray that November will be a harbinger of a greater future for the United States.
14: So much pain, black and blue all over, again and again. Disease is tough, starting to look more and more like it's actually us. To keep coming back, repeating history. We've forgotten to dream. Waiting on November, can't come soon enough. Can't come soon enough Waiting on November Can't come soon enough Up in the morning Ashes to ashes We will rise up The dam's been broken Too many holes the story to last Feet on the ground ring louder than the bells bullets, gas bursting in air The statues will fall We will not regret We will not forget Waiting on November Can't come soon enough Can't come soon enough Waiting on November Can't come soon enough Can't come soon enough I've been to your mountaintop I laid myself down Waiting for the answers Till I had not done enough The hate in this nation As strong as its greed Impoverished the future Stopped his breath with your knee Killed when she woke On his way home Alone in the street We will not let this go Our feet will sow The future grows Lift every voice Change another scarf We will take the charge Let our people go We soon shall be free Waiting on November Can't come soon enough Can't come soon enough Waiting on November Can't come soon enough Can't come soon enough. Waiting on November. Can't come soon enough. 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 enough Can't come soon enough.
0: Right after Obama was elected, Michael Moore made this documentary that's on his website, and it's and it's was a warning um, about the um, the people who were left out or felt left out, and that was the people that Trump went and spoke to, and um, some of those people I know, and I don't necessarily think they are. Like the, let's let me be clear racism is a very complicated subject and we talked about it on the show and I think that it's very hard not to be some people may disagree with it but not to have elements of be racist or do racist acts in a culture that is so based on the idea of one race being better than the other. It's our history it's who we are and there's there's it's everywhere you look it's in in and in, in how things are, presented i mean things have changed but they're you know what's acceptable what's the idea of beauty what's what looks like power all those things all come out of uh systemic racism so sure. having said that not i think that one of the problems is that we are also very much a people who like to talk about where we're wronged and i think that the group that Trump represents never gets, it gets marginalized. Um, and, and this is a stupid example, but I'll, I'll leave it with this. Because I I, I agree with you 100%, but I, I, I've been thinking this for a long time. If there was ever a way to unite all of the poor people, we'd have all the power. Not that I'm poor, I shouldn't say weak, but I consider myself among the working people. and what? But the problem is that the people at the top explain to the white people at the bottom that it's the brown and black people at the bottom that are the reason they're not up at the top with the white people who are at the top. And that's more about what I think is going on. And if there was ever a way for the people to unite, that would solve, that would change the power because there'd be power in numbers. And that is what Martin Luther King was doing when he was assassinated. And... Nobody's no, really... that's actually
2: a perfect segue <laughs> to our song uh, by Chris Chandler, which is called mm. Down is the New Up. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you got a chance to hear this one yet, but, but yeah. it's, a, it's a pretty epic song. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it really is making that point that you just said very, very eloquently in speaking. And, and his, his, he's actually a spoken word artist. You might remember we played something yeah. in our Woody um, episodes Uh, That was from Stark Raving Chandler, and uh, he was reading from The Grapes of Wrath and The New York Times. That was Chris Chandler. Uh, And so this is a brand, brand new thing that he just uh, sent me. And uh, so that's, I think it's really cool that you just (laughs) led into that so smoothly. (laughs) Awesome.
0: Well, let's hear it.
15: W. Bush jokes, and I got sick of it. So under Trump, I have barely mentioned his name. See, at first, I didn't want to add to the noise that's out there. And there is a lot of noise out there. And then I didn't want to go off half-cock. And then I wasn't sure in which direction to fire, because bullets ricochet in funny directions when you live in a bubble that is floating like the ghosts of Joe Hill, Harriet Tubman, Eugene Debs, Mother Jones, and Cesar Chavez.
14: They said, "Do you have a quarter?" I said, "Yes," because I did. Honest to goodness, the tears of been falling all over this country's face. It was better before, before they voted for, what's his name.
16: This was supposed to be the new world. Better before, before they voted for, what's his name.
15: Supposed to be the new world. And this got me to think that if a ghost can walk through walls, why doesn't he fall through the floor? And at that point, I realized I was on the edge of something really big, standing upon a giant precipice, and that is not a good time to put your best foot forward. I mean, don't get me wrong. I've always liked the metaphor of hell being beneath us. Because sometimes you gotta go through hell. And don't we know it? Aren't we all going through hell these days? But sometimes you gotta go through hell. You gotta get down there and wrestle them demons. Sometimes you gotta get down there and jello wrestle them demons. But when you're going through hell, like we're all going through right now, what you gotta do is keep going. Because my friends, the world is round. If you keep going, you're going to come out on the other side, wondering why everybody's speaking with an Australian accent. It was better before, before they voted for what's-his-name. In the Trump era, this is supposed to be the new world. Down is the new up. Better before, before they voted for what's-his-name. Make America great this again. This supposed to be the new world. And America first. Better before, before they voted for Name are contradictory statements. This is supposed to be America will be great again when she sees herself as in the world, not as the world. America will be great again when she treats her neighbors like she would herself. She will be great again when she realizes that America first implies that there is a race in which one could become first in in the first place not america first earth first Flint, ford auto mobile alabama windshield wiper in buffalo new york carry indiana don't forget the motor city washington dc now and always What he is proposing, the wall building, the trade wars, is nationalism, pure and simple. And the infrastructure spending that's being proposed, and the bailouts, why that's socialism. It is, in fact, a word that I don't like to use that often because I think it waters the meaning of the word down, but there's no way around it because it is, in fact, by definition, national socialism. So if we are looking for a way forward, and I think we are all looking for a way forward, let us grab every crowbar, every monkey wrench, every guitar, every paintbrush, every ballot, and use them as a tool. It was before, 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 what's his name? To pry the Socialism. This was supposed to be the new world. Away from the nationalism.
16: Before, 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 what's his name?
15: you to mention this to your conservative friends and family, because I know you got it. The rich that are in power right now could actually care less about any of this wacko conservative agenda. But as long as there is something resembling a government, the rich need large numbers of people to support them. So they will say or do anything to stay in office. But my friends, they don't actually care about social issues. They don't need to they don't live in society. They have their own school systems. They have their own hospitals. They have their own police force. Soon they'll have their own military. I'm not afraid of Iran getting the bomb. I'm afraid of Exxon getting the bomb. It was better before, before they voted for what's his name. This was supposed to be the new world. Better
17: before, before they voted for.
15: church to show how much they they care about social issues. But we all know that giving money to the church doesn't make you a good person. Any more than buying tickets to the game makes you a a third baseman. What the church offers the rich is people. The one thing the 1% does not have is people, 99% of us to be exact all we need is money give, give us, us what, what you can spare 20 or 30 pounds of potatoes or 20, 20 or 30 beers well wait a second within that 99 percent a whole lot of working class folks voted for trump and are planning on voting for him again poor people my people What I want to know is, what did we do so wrong to allow your average redneck to believe that a billionaire descending from the heavens on a gold-plated escalator in a Manhattan skyscraper has their interests at heart? To make the world great again, we have to burst our own bubble. Yes, my friends, we have to go out there and befriend a redneck. Do not unfriend them, befriend them, because if regardless of how this election goes, we're still going to be a divided nation, but if each and every one of us goes out there and befriends and turns around one Trump supporter, we could make America great, and that America maybe, just maybe, could make the world great again. It was better before before what's his name? Walk softly. This was supposed to be. A big carrot. Better before before they it, What's his name? Because like I've always this said to be the new world. if you think there is a cutting, cutting before, edge. Before they it, what's his name? Then you ain't this on it. To be the new world. Which is why I don't think this is that edgy of a thought. If the rich can cross the lines between right and wrong, like a ghost walks through walls. Maybe this time they also fell through the floor. It was better before, before they bought a buttons. And maybe, just maybe. This was supposed to be the new world. They will go straight to hell. This was supposed to be the new world. And frankly, that's the problem. This was supposed to be the new world. The rich have never been to hell. This is supposed to be the new
13: world. They have
15: never known suffering, want, this or need. So maybe if they spent just one hour experiencing the hell that you and I go through on a daily basis, they would understand what hell really is, and they would remember that the world is round. And maybe they would just keep going until we all come out on the other side, wondering why everybody is speaking with an Australian accent. Hi,
5: everybody. I'm Mary Lou Fulton, the singer and songwriter of Not Going Back. My song is about the epic battle happening now over the future of our nation. There are some people who want to go back to the good old days when the good old boys had their way. Well, not me. Those good old days weren't so good for women, immigrants like my mom, for people of color, and many others who were disrespected and denied their rights. I'm grateful to all those who put their lives on the line for the freedoms that we have today. But we can't take those freedoms for granted. Today, with the White House in the hands of tyrants, we can see how fragile our rights really are. So it's time to come together and keep fighting for our rights and for a future where all of us are respected and all of us belong. As we've seen in this year's uprisings for racial justice, there's still a lot more work to do And we are not going back. I hear we gotta get back to the time when things were good. When America was great, the world worked like it should. Before we get too caught up in faded photographs, do we really want to go back to the past? Back to the kitchen, back in the closet, back to the end of the line Just keep your mouth shut, do as you're told, and everything's gonna be fine I don't think so, I don't think so The good old days, they weren't so good for me How about you? I don't think so, I don't think so people cross the border who fear for your lives nothing but invaders with guns and bombs and knives but they're talking about my mama been here since she was nine proudly waves the flag on the 4th of July she heals back to the shadows back where you came from back to the end of the line stop with the Spanish just pick the crop And everything's gonna be fine I don't think so I don't think so The good old days They weren't so good for me How about you? I don't think so I don't think so Oh no We're not going back I hear that what we look like Doesn't matter Folks end up scrubbing floors. Police shoots the black man, always an accident. They say it's not the system, Obama was president. So go back to the projects, back to the hustle, back to the back of the bus. I don't think Just so. keep your mouth shut, do as you're told, and stop making such a fuss. I don't think Back so. to the kitchen, back in the closet, back to the end of the line. I don't think back so. Back to the shadows, back where you about you I don't think so I don't think so
0: to Music for for the the New New Revolution. Revolution. I'm Rodney Wittenberg.
2: I'm David Heitler-Clevins.
0: Music for the New Revolution is recorded at Melody Vision Recording Studios and produced, written, and edited by David Heitler-Clevins and Rodney Wittenberg.
2: And special thanks to our interns from Oberlin College, Valerie Kellner and Julian Worthy.
0: You can find us at musicforthenewrevolution.com or MFTNR. Like us on Facebook and follow our Spotify playlist. And our podcasts can be found on SoundCloud and
2: iTunes. And you can also be a patron, a supporter of our podcast on Patreon.
0: This is... Music for, for the, the new revolution.
17: revolution. Bank accounts in Bahamas. Wall Street crime will never send you to the stammer. Tell all the children
7: in the arms of the mamas.